Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Friday. It is the Football Friday show here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, usually it's Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino bringing you the breakfast toast, but I'm flying solo this Friday on this Football Friday edition. No Amo Calamino, but uh, he has graced us with his picks, and uh, that is for football. It is for NFL. It's for college football. It's for fantasy football, so have no fear. You'll, uh, the ghost of Amo Calamino will be here with those picks, but you're stuck with me for the next hour Plus, here on the Gridiron Stud Show, if you want to call into the show today, the number is 347-633-9365. Again, that's 347-633-9365. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs, and send your questions in there, you know, if you're scared to call into the radio show or anything like that. Or you might have something really interesting to say, and uh, you're not able to call into the show. You can uh, do that on Twitter. Reach out to us, at Gridiron Studs. A whole lot of stuff going on. In uh, the world of college football and NFL football, um, as it is each and every week. But I want to start off with a little baseball action. Chicago Cubs, Los Angeles Dodgers, a lot of good stuff going on there. Uh, let's pick up. Let's pick up on the on the studio action that we had going on. Uh, and, and I just want to talk about the Fox Studio Show. How about that? I mean, it's a pretty good show, wouldn't you agree? Pete Rose, Alex Rodriguez, folks. You got to admit, you folks out there have to admit. Alex Rodriguez, better studio analyst than you thought he was going to be. See, we got to this point where we thought Alex Rodriguez just like kind of sucked at everything now. He's been the guy that people have wanted to hate. I get that. But, hey, Alex Rodriguez in the studio um, looking pretty damn good, folks. And I kind of like the chemistry that you've got going on right now in that Fox baseball studio show. Rodriguez breaking it down, giving you some really good insight. Pete Rose has no filter. He's at that age. He's in his 70s. Whatever comes into his head comes out of his mouth and provides a lot of comic relief. Um, I posted on Twitter last week or earlier this week a really funny line that he had uh, talking about, hey, listen, in this game, seven out of ten times you're going to make some outs and uh, you get to go to the Hall of Fame. Well, most guys, he said. So, Pete, not above making fun of himself on the studio show, and then you also got Frank Thomas, who will occasionally mumble in an opinion there. But I like the chemistry going there, um, and that's a good, if you care about those things, a good studio show that they've got going on right now uh, at Fox Sports. But, hey, Chicago, Cleveland has already done their part. They're in this thing uh now, I guess, folks, you need Chicago. I can, I can say this now since my co-host is not here. He's a diehard Dodgers fan, so I really wouldn't want to, you know, throw this out there with him around and on the lines. But the Cubs, the Cubs go. You got the Cubs and you got the Cleveland Indians, two of the heartbreak teams in uh, baseball. So you know you're going to get a favorable outcome. Some kind of hex or curse is going to be broken 
by one of these two teams if you get the Cubs and you get the Indians in the World Series. I think Major League Baseball and the networks are all kind of hoping and pushing for that. They'd love to see that. Hey, listen, Dodgers, good story. One of the blue bloods in Major League Baseball. But when you have an opportunity like this to get the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago Cubs in a World Series, you don't need you don't have to be a diehard baseball fan to know the story of the Chicago Cubs as it relates to baseball. It's been a long time since the Cubs have done anything in a World Series, been to a World Series, won a World Series, done anything like that. The Indians as well, a um, long time. And so you had the opportunity for that to happen, and I think that's what everyone is hoping for. So a little reason for folks to go and watch some baseball. I don't think um, you know a majority of people out there don't care about baseball until the pennant race starts getting uh, down to the nitty-gritty, which is where we are right now. So the Dodgers and the Cubs are uh, doing their thing. And, uh, you know, we're trying to figure it out there. Who's who's going to be the representative from the National League? Because, like I said, the American League's already taken care of the uh, Indians blow through the Toronto Blue Jays. But we've got football coming up this weekend. Later on in the show, going to talk a little high school football, too. Don't want to forget that. Playoff race is coming down to a close here in, uh, in the state of Florida. So trying to figure out who's in, who's out. Uh, Miami Central lost in a thriller last week to Northwestern. Uh, we will talk about that later on in the show. But, uh, you know, it caused caused some waves, this rippling effect. It does not eliminate Central, but it puts them in a very, very bad position. So you've got four straight um, 6A titles for Miami Central, and they find themselves in a position right now as, as early as tonight. They could be eliminated from the 2016 playoffs. Tell me who saw that coming for Miami Central going into this season. That's right, nobody. So um, absolutely unbelievable. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see uh, where that ends up going. So we'll talk a little high school football later on in the show. Make sure that uh, you are listening here. Hoping to have uh, Joshua Wilson on from FloridaHSFootball.com to talk a little high school football. I think I might be going solo on the uh, State of Florida Big Three talk today, which is no problem. Got a quicker show today, so um, I might be the solo man talking um, for uh, the Florida State Seminoles, Florida Gators, and the University of Miami, University of Miami, losing their third straight last night. I just... You know, and I I catch some heat with this because fans are fans. And, you know, fans just really don't understand. But, you know, I get that we won the first four games of the season and did so in impressive fashion. So uh, this here's what I think happened. I think coming into the season, fans were optimistic, as they always are. But also they knew that, yeah, this is not – this is not a team that's going to go undefeated. Mark Rick's not going to walk in here and suddenly take a team who was beaten brutally in, in, in two games last year, 58 nothing by Clemson, and then a whole bunch to very little in a game against North Carolina and turn them into an undefeated football team overnight. I think that was the talk coming in to the season. And then you go out and you watch the first few games, because not only did Miami win and win the game in impressive fashion, what you also had happening was Miami playing Miami-style football. You're seeing a defense flying around. You're seeing penetration into the backfield, something you just didn't see during the golden era. And then you saw us getting back to running the football. You know, you've got a fullback back into the game. We're looking physical on there. You've got 
a potential first-round pick at quarterback in Brad Kaya. You've got Stacey Coley. You've got Braxton Berrios. You've got some young wide receivers that can do some things. So you started when you saw those first few games, and the Appalachian State game in particular, you started to think, okay, uh, maybe this is a team that could maybe not go undefeated. Maybe there's a loss somewhere on the schedule, but do a lot of damage, finally get to the ACC championship game, and start doing some things. But the truth of the matter is those wins came against teams that aren't all that great. Um, it was Tennessee that made Appalachian State look better than they were. And maybe it was Appalachian State just getting up for an early season game. Um, but, you know, Appalachian State looked like a, you know, a really, really strong football team against Tennessee, and maybe they weren't as strong as people thought. And so when Miami goes in and plays Appalachian State and just totally dominates them, gets up 28 nothing really fast, then I think all of the forecasts and the expectations of the fan base changed literally overnight. And so now you think, okay, this is a team going to the ACC championship game. This is a team that might lose one at most two games, and here we are now with a three-game losing streak. But when you're looking at this from a real, uh, you know, reality what you thought going into the season is what it was. You weren't sure if we would beat Florida State. And quite frankly, it is a game that we could have and should have won. But trade out the fact that I came into the season thinking we would beat Florida State, given how close we had been over the last few years in this meeting with Florida State, and just knowing just knowing that we're going to be a better team this year, which we are, despite the fact that three games have been lost in a row. Still a better team. This is a tough schedule. So I figured going into the season, yeah, getting this game at home, you've been close to Florida State, going to be better, going to be more physical, going to be playing more Canes-type football, you're, you more than likely would beat Florida State. Well, I ended up being wrong on that, but where I was also wrong is I expected Notre Dame to be a whole lot better. So now off of this three-game losing streak, you have a chance to go play Notre Dame, and they're not what I thought they were, not what a lot of people thought they were. So you can get that game back, hopefully, by beating Notre Dame. Your only hope here is that this three-game losing streak has not taken all of the fight out of this club and that they're not thinking in the wrong way when they head out to Notre Dame because the problem with Notre Dame is going to be this. The Fighting Irish have definitely had a rough go at it. and At this point, they're really out of almost everything. Um, there's no conference for them to win, so that's dead. Um, when you lost your second game, you probably were out of the college football championship. When you lost your third game, you were definitely out of it. And then now um, you've lost four games. There's really nothing to play for if you're Notre Dame now other than um, you just want to go spoil people's seasons. That's really what it just boils down to for Notre Dame. And so despite the fact that Notre Dame has just lost four of their last five to Michigan State, Duke, NC State, and Stanford. They've had two weeks to prepare for this Miami game, and they've got absolutely nothing to live for. They can just go wild and be crazy and do whatever, and that makes it now a dangerous game for the University of Miami, who comes into this game on the heels of three straight losses. What's the mindset going to be for Miami? We'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the game. But, again, if you've got any questions or comments on that, feel free to call into the show. It's 347-633-9365. What's going to happen with Kane's football right here? So we'll be talking about that in the next segment, going to be previewing the top games in the country this season. Some very disrespectful point spreads out there. Do 
need to point that out in college football this weekend. So we'll certainly get on there and and uh, talk about that. What's going on in the NFL? Uh, there was a game last night, Chicago Bears and the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, I guess Aaron Rodgers satisfied some people there last night. But you know what? Um, Rodgers still doing that thing where he drops back and – there's like no set plays. It's starting to look like recess, where no one's running any plays. It's just get open. There's nothing on rhythm there. And, uh, you know, folks want to blame it on this, that, and the other. The receivers, the O-line, no running game, blah, blah, blah. All those things may very well be true. But uh, nevertheless, it's. Uh, I think the Packers are going to continue to struggle because they can't, can't, don't, I don't know whether it's can't, don't want to. They're not running the football. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 56 times last night. 56 times. Yeah, he had a great night statistically. 39 to 56, 326 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, this is the Chicago Bears. That's who you played. Chicago is 1-6. Chicago um, was on, you know, had lost back-to-back football games. Not a good football team. So, you know, you're going to be able to do that. Next week, though, the Packers are at the Falcons. Going to be a different, a bit of a different story there for Green Bay. But 56 times last night. And that's what I've been on and, and talking about. You did run the ball 24 times. You threw it 56 times, and you ran it 24 times. In a game that was kind of close. So it's not like you were coming from behind. Those kind of numbers, 56 passing attempts, are the kind of numbers you see when you are coming from behind. You were behind, you got behind early, and you had to throw your way back into the football game. What is the reason for throwing the ball 56 times when you had a lead for a majority of this game? I dare say that would be the reason why the game was that close. Like the Packers have zero desire to get physical with anyone. I'm telling you, that's going to continue to be an issue for the Green Bay Packers. And while you sit there and say the receivers aren't that great, the receivers aren't that great. Why are you throwing the ball 56 times? Find your running game. Turn your offensive line into something physical, something that can handle people. You know, football is a winter game. What happens when you start getting into some cold weather contest if you're the Green Bay Packers? I mean, because you start looking at the NFC. I mean, Washington has a chance to make it into the playoffs. All right? I mean... Seattle Seahawks, what happens if you end up in a playoff game in one of those places and it's either wet or it's cold or it's windy? You're going to rely on throwing the ball 56 times? You think you're going to win a playoff game possibly on the road doing that? I mean, Green Bay's 4-2. and two. Certainly they could, you know, get themselves in a position where they win home field advantage, but it's still going to be tough. You know, the Seahawks are a good football team, and they happen to be 4-1. and one. I don't think they've played their best football. Even in your own division, if you're Green Bay, Minnesota's undefeated right now and looking like the best team in the NFC. The Cowboys are 5-1. and one. Now, you know, you're not going to face miserable conditions if you go play the Cowboys on the road in the playoffs. But still, at some point, Green Bay's got to find their running game, and I just don't think that they feel like they're going to have to and be able to do that. So that's going to continue to be a problem for them. All right. Uh, I've seen one of the most disrespectful point spreads 
in a long time in college football this weekend. I mean, we've got a team here that's being totally, totally disrespected by the Las Vegas odds makers. What team is that? I'll talk about it when I get back on a Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with me. We'll be right back right after this. Everyone's putting their t-shirts away, whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year. T-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiations, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. 
FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! here on the Gridiron Stud Show, Football Friday edition, episode 8, for those of you that are counting and watching and all that, all that good stuff. I distinctly remember my senior season at the University of Miami playing against Florida State, and uh, the Florida State Seminoles, we, I, we'd lost one game, obviously, we'd lost the uh, streak in the Orange Bowl, uh, Washington came in and uh, kind of snowballed us and won a game. But other than that, we'd won every other game. We'd been impressive, especially after the Washington loss. And, um, you know, we thought we, we had a damn good football team, despite what happened in uh, the game against Washington. And uh, the odds makers did us one tremendous favor ahead of that matchup with Florida State. They made... Florida State, a favorite in the Orange Bowl, coming to play us. Well, we're 58-1 and in our last 59 games at home, and Florida State was a four-point favorite in their game against us in the Orange Bowl. Now, listen, um, when you hear a college coach in a press conference tell you they don't know anything they don't pay attention to the point spread that's what he's supposed to say okay you're not supposed to pay any homage or attention um to to point spreads you're certainly not going to talk about that publicly uh because you know you got to disassociate yourself from betting um when it comes to you know as athletics in this country especially amateur athletics but i can assure you in most games you know what the point spread is. And when it's Florida State versus Miami, you damn well know who's the favorite and by how much. And the odds makers making Florida State a favorite, let alone by more than a field goal in our game, at home, my senior season was plenty of motivation. Now, you're you're already motivated getting ready to play Florida State. You're already motivated. It's one hell of a week. However, that was uh, that extra cheese on the pizza, okay? That's the Parmesan uh, on the spaghetti, and a lot of it, and uh, really caused Florida State to get their ass whipped, if I could just say that. Extra. I mean, they were going to lose the game anyway. Let's make no mistake about it. But that was just that extra oomph. We ended up going out winning a game 34-20, uh, to 20, something like that. It was a late touchdown 
that kind of cleaned things up. We dominated Florida State in 1994, and anyone who was there and saw the game um, can't disagree, even if you were wearing garnet and gold in the stands that night. We dominated Florida State, and, um, you know, that point spread had a little bit to do with just how bad Florida State got beat up in that game. So uh, I'm saying that to point out um, a point spread that I find quite disrespectful in uh, a game this weekend in college football. And I'm I'm not so sure, though, you know, given everything that I said, that it's going to have that same effect. But number six, Texas A&M is traveling to Alabama. Now, we all know about Alabama and what they've done. I mean, Alabama is just the franchise right now. Alabama, New England Patriots, I mean, they've, you know, they're the rulers. They're dynasty, true dynasties. And Alabama has been nothing short of impressive this season, especially last week against a Tennessee team that had just been diehard and played everyone hard and looked like a really good football team. Went out last week at Tennessee and beat the living pants off of the Volunteers. Smashing them 49-10 to 10 right there in their own backyard. And Alabama continues to find odd ways to score. Yeah, they, I mean, they do well offensively. Jalen Hurts, uh, the freshman quarterback, certainly doing his thing. Alabama's still running the football. Still getting plays out of their wide receivers when they need them. But the added element to Alabama's game in the 2016 season is what they are doing on special teams and on defense. I believe Alabama has uh, nine 10, 11 defensive touchdowns this season. I believe Alabama has scored more in defense than offenses have scored against them. I believe that is the case. You've got Eddie Jackson back there returning punts. They've got all kinds of ways they can find the end zone and points on you. So Alabama has certainly been quite quite, uh, impressive this season. And you're looking at the scores, 52-6, to 38 to 10. They scored plus 30 plus in every game. They scored 40 plus in uh, four games, five games this season. Opened up the season with a 52-6 win. Um, and in the last win, like I said, 49-10 over Tennessee on the road. Back-to-back road games, they put up 49 points. Alabama's a juggernaut right now. But enter Texas A&M, who's no slouch themselves. The Aggies come into this thing undefeated. I mean, we're not three games into the season. They're not 3-0. Texas A&M is 6-0 and on the season. They're 6-0. and They went to Auburn and beat them. They opened up the season against UCLA. They beat that same Tennessee team. Now, albeit they had a lot harder time at home. But they're scoring points, and they're playing good defense, and they're going to play – the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, I mean, you know, in most cases, you'd look at this and say, well, maybe Alabama might be seven and a half, maybe seven, seven and a half, eight point favorite. The Alabama Crimson Tide are 17 and a half point favorites in this contest. 17 and a half. I can't tell you the last time I've seen a matchup of two undefeated teams this deep into the season, week eight, and one team's favored by almost three touchdowns over the other team. This is historical. Are we putting Alabama too far out there is the question. Love to know how you guys out there feel about it. 
So if you're listening and you're inclined to make a phone call to a radio program, I'd love to hear you on this. 347-633-9365. 347-633-9365. The Alabama Crimson Tide, 17 and a half point favorites over Texas A&M. Having said all that, folks, I like Alabama in this game. I mean, the line has totally and completely spooked me. When I'm expecting seven and a half, and it's 17 and a half, now, you know, the thought of somebody knows something I don't comes to mind. So in a game like this, I think I've got to say, well, well, dang it, you spooked me enough. Maybe Alabama is like that. What do we say about Alabama if they cover this number and do so easily? What if Alabama goes out and wins by 24, 28 points? What if Alabama comes out of this thing and wins it 42 to 10, 42 13, 42 17? Do we just go ahead and hand these guys the trophy? Are they going to just walk their way into an SEC championship and go, you know, breeze their way through a first round playoff game and then smash their final opponent in the championship game? Is it Alabama's world like that? Are we faced with that again? Another Alabama championship yet another time with Nick Saban with a stone look on his face? holding up the championship trophy with not nary a smile anywhere, already thinking about spring football with the trophy hanging above his head? Are we faced with that same image again? Are are we prepared for that as college football fans? Back-to-back championships this late in the Alabama dynasty, when will it end? I mean, we've all got to keep a close eye on this football game. This weekend. I mean, CBS can't be happy about that point spread. What's that telling that? What's that telling fans? Hey, don't dig in here too long. Maybe this is like a two-bear game. You don't bring a full six-pack with you to watch this one because you won't be watching it for long. couple bears. Two bears into this thing, Alabama's going to be up 21, 24, 28 points, and then it's going to be over. Now it's time to channel surf and flip, see what some of the other games are doing. It's in that important 3.30 hour where a lot of uh, the big-time games take place got several other ranked football games taking place during that hour about a good five of them so uh, i mean odds makers are telling you you're going to be surfing during that 3:30 hour by 4:15 4:30 you're going to that thumb's going to start getting a workout on the remote control cuz this Alabama versus uh, Texas A&M matchup that you know the network is going to want to build up but oddsmakers are telling you, eh, don't pay that much attention. This is going to be a runaway. You know, have your backup game ready. Whether, you know, do you want to find out what Michigan is doing with Illinois? That's going to be sideways. Or do you want to, you know, jump in on that TCU-West Virginia game? Might be a good one. Might want to pop in on that. But I don't know that I've ever seen a line like this one in a, a game like this. 7 and 0 Alabama, 6 and 0 Texas A&M, two undefeated football teams in uh, the conference that most folks will call the best conference in college football, and Alabama's a 17 and a half point favorite. Well, I mean, that's amazing. Nevertheless, it is what it is, and, and I'm telling you from a pick standpoint, I'm kind of leaning Alabama after saying all of that. I'm lean, I'm leaning in uh Alabama's direction. So, um, I don't know, folks. 
That's going to be interesting, just from a, a whole point spread point of view. That's how I'm looking at it. But what else is on tap with uh, ranked opponents, ranked teams in college football this weekend? Early on, noontime, when you wake up with your hangover on a Saturday morning, there's some early football there to help you through with that. NC State taking on Louisville. On the surface, eh, you wouldn't get all excited about a game with NC State. But NC State in uh, two weeks beat Notre Dame. Went to Clemson and took them to overtime. Maybe we don't sleep so much on uh, NC State. Maybe they can make a little noise in this contest, perhaps. Maybe they aren't a team that uh, you sleep on. But uh, I don't know. I'm tending to disagree. Might roll in the other direction this one. I'll have my picks coming up at the uh, final segment at the bottom of this hour, both and. Uh, uh, College and NFL picks combined. I also have Amos picks. He's got three games, as he does every week, that he likes from a point spread perspective. Talk about those. But which way to go on NC State versus Louisville? Wisconsin trying to get back up off the off the mat after almost having they almost had them. Just wasn't quick enough against Ohio State last week. Uh, are they going to have enough to pick themselves up and uh, get it back going against Iowa? Iowa went out and had a game against Purdue. Iowa got someone fired last week. How about that, Iowa? Got a man his pink slip. Got him a blindfold. Put in front the firing squad. Got Purdue's coach walking the plank. Was that just Purdue being sorry, or was that Iowa, you know, flexing a little bit of muscle that they had uh, on deck there? That uh, is the question that will be answered coming up this weekend. That's a a noon start. North Carolina, fresh off of their win uh, on the road against the University of Miami, now must go take on Virginia. Virginia's 2-4, and but Virginia's a solid 2-4. They're going to make you fight for your victory. Granted, Virginia's two wins have come against Central Michigan and Duke, but they're fighters, and I still think Virginia is trying to do something there, so they're not one of these teams that are 2-4 and four and say, all right, the season's everything's lost, we really have nothing to play for. Virginia hasn't been that good, so they're not going to be in that mode. And, uh, you know, against North Carolina, fresh off of a big road win, this could be a dangerous game for the Tar Heels. So which way does that end up? That's going to be an interesting game. I think Virginia may, may be able to hang around in that contest. North Carolina could be uh, dangerously disinterested in a game like that. TCU and West Virginia, my partner Emil Calamino has a pick on that. I will share that with you at the bottom of this hour when we combine both the NFL and college football picks from both of us. I don't know that I have all that big of an opinion on this. Or maybe I do. You'll find out when I uh, give my college football picks. Western Michigan is the number 20 ranked team in the country. I just say that to let you know they're playing Eastern Michigan. A battle of 7-0 and versus 5-2. and Who saw those te- teams with those records? Nebraska playing against the aforementioned Purdue, who will have an interim coach after firing their head coach last week. Can Nebraska get up for this football game? Cornhuskers went out and got a hard-fought win. Last week against Indiana, do they have any juice for uh, Purdue with Wisconsin on deck? Dangerous game for Nebraska, I think. And uh, 
you know, Nebraska is a 24-point favorite in this contest, I would kind of lean in Purdue's way. And the reasons I would lean in Purdue's way is Purdue is going to be unpredictable, obviously, with uh, a new coach at the helm doing some different things. And like I said, Nebraska came off of a hard-fought win against Indiana, emotional win last week. And then they've got Wisconsin next week. I think 24 points might be too much for Nebraska. That's something for you to consider if you're inclined to do that. Illinois versus Michigan. Illinois uh, is the disaster that folks uh, expected them to be. Well, let me not say disaster. They're fighting in these games. But they did lose to Purdue, who just lost their coach for getting paddywhacked last week. But Illinois is fighting under Lovey Smith. So um, is this a dangerous game for Michigan from a standpoint of losing it? No. It is, though. It is. It is. And this is an important factor. It is coming a week before their rematch with Michigan State. And you uh, you understand who Michigan State is. Michigan State is the team that broke Michigan's heart last year with a, a muffed punt. And uh, the Spartans ran it into the end zone, snatched, snatched victory away from the Michigan Wolverines. So how much is Michigan's focus on Illinois this week, who I told you will fight in games? And while I don't think Michigan is in jeopardy of losing this contest, they are 39-point favorites. There's a lot of points. And Michigan uh, is facing an Illinois team that uh, i got to go check on this, and I'm doing that real quick. You know, Michigan's facing an Illinois team who has not yet played Ohio State. So, you know, Michigan doesn't have a line out there in terms of a margin of victory to go past like they did when they were playing Rutgers. And I explained that to you when uh, that week came up on the Football Friday edition. Um, when that game was taking place, that, you know, Ohio State had beaten Rutgers 58 nothing the week before Michigan played them. And, of course, you know, that put a number out there for Michigan to go get. No such number out there for them. So is are, how motivated is Michigan going to be to go out and win this game by 39-plus points versus Illinois? Not the strongest way for you to go. Maybe you just leave that Michigan game alone. Navy, on the heels of their big win over Houston, is now in the top 25. They're ranked 24th, taking on Memphis. Potentially a dangerous game for Navy. Navy got the big win over Houston and then, um, you know, faced uh, had a game postponed because of Hurricane Matthews, so they're kind of out of whack. Don't be surprised if, you know, Navy gets themselves upset by a 5-1 and one Memphis team. Only team Memphis has lost to was on the road to Mississippi. And uh, they've just been winning quietly. Otherwise, don't be surprised if you see Navy fall. Utah taking on UCLA. Still don't know what to make of either one of these ball clubs. UCLA's three and four didn't expect big things out of them, uh, but I didn't, you know, expect UCLA to lose back-to-back games here to Arizona State and Washington State. I figured back-to-back road games they'd lose one of them. I didn't think they'd lose both. Now, mind you, UCLA's fighting in these football games, and I think UCLA is going to be a pretty damn good football team next year. But we're currently in the middle of our 2016 football season. They're already sitting here with four losses against three wins. UCLA has to win this football game. You can't go 3-5 and five, UCLA. I mean, people are going to start talking about Jim Mora Jr.'s job security if you fall to 3-5. and five. 
and then you're at Colorado, who's playing damn good football in your next football game. You lose this game, you could be looking, you know, could be looking at three and six, and you're faced with a situation where you have to win your final three football games, all three of them, which includes, of course, a game against your annual local um, combatant USC, and then you're on the road to California to finish out the season. UCLA is looking at a situation where they would have to win their final three football games to be bowl eligible. I mean, of course, and if you end up 6-6, six and six, what kind of bowl game are you going to anyway? So a uh, must-win situation for uh, UCLA. And uh, just to add to that drama, UCLA is a seven-point favorite. Oddsmakers did not do anything, did not do any favors for UCLA. Three and four, UCLA. Sub-500, UCLA is a touchdown favorite against 6-1 and one Utah. Didn't do them any favors. Utah going to come in here with a... A ton of motivation. Arkansas and Auburn. I've got a pick on that game later on. SEC matchup, though. Auburn doing a little better than expected. Coming, you know, didn't expect a whole bunch out of them. The LSU win was uh, a you know win on the schedule that they got that I didn't think they would be able to. The only real surprise, quite frankly, I thought they'd beat Mississippi State. Thought that would happen. So Auburn taking on Arkansas, a game I thought possibly coming into the season that they could lose, but on the heels and on the fact that Auburn might be a better team than I thought. What do I think about this game? You'll find out uh, at the bottom of the hour when I give my picks. Following this up, Auburn's got Mississippi, Vanderbilt, Georgia. Alabama some tough games coming up, so we'll kind of see where Auburn ends up. Arkansas, um, a tough team this year. Only two losses against uh, the two undefeated teams that are taking on each other in the SEC this year, Texas A&M and Alabama. So, going to have to find out something about Arkansas as well. Number five, Washington. uh, One of the biggest surprises in college football this season. I expected Washington to be good. My co-host, Emil Calamino, also expected them to be good. Don't know if we expected Washington to be 6-0. and And it's not just that they're 6-0. and It's the way that they're 6-0. and 70-21 to over Oregon on the road in their last outing. Before that, they punched Stan. They just beat up the two heavyweights of the uh, Pac-12 North over the last few years in back-to-back games. Outscored them both 114-28. to that's how Washington's doing it this year. They're putting up points, they're shutting teams down, and they're winning by wide margins. All but one game has been won by double digits. So Washington is a complete steamroller right now. We'll have to see what they look like off of the big win over Oregon and a bye week to follow. How focused is this football team? We will definitely find that out coming up. I don't have a pick on that game. Uh, I would have to imagine being a 36.5 point favorite off of a bye week and a big win could be a tough deal for Washington who uh, has to travel to Utah in the next game. That would make me a little nervous. Houston still hanging around despite losing the Navy. Still up there. 11th ranked. They're taking on Southern Methodist. Don't have much of a thought on that there. Oklahoma taking on Texas Tech. Oklahoma's 16th ranked team in the country. You know, what do they have going on? What do we think about that? I think Oklahoma has to start piling up some impressive victories. They're a 14-point favorite in this game. Texas Tech's 3-3. Three and three. I might lean Oklahoma's way in this one. they got to start flexing some muscle. they still got a chance to win the Big 12. 
and uh, make some kind of noise, not as much noise as they would hope to make. Ohio State, again, uh, got away with a victory last week against Wisconsin. I think they kind of let down mentally. I think this is a spot where Ohio State tries to reclaim a little bit of shine that might have uh, been knocked off last week. When they uh, you know, went to overtime, which people did not expect. They expected a, a bit of a lopsided win for Ohio State. But Wisconsin's a tough team that will do things that will cause you to be in a close football game. They're going to run the football well. They're going to play good defense and keep things close to the vest. Uh, people expected Ohio State to go out there and get you know, rude, roll up some points, and shut down Wisconsin's uh, you know, unexplosive, if I could use such a word, exp- unexplosive offense. And that's not exactly what happened in that contest. So what do they look like? I think they got to come back and collect some shine. I think, uh, you know, Ohio State rolls in this one. Just a, so much better team than Penn State. And, you know, Ohio State is motivated. Mississippi and LSU, very interesting football game, folks. Under interim coach Ed Ogeron, uh, LSU's gone out and smashed two opponents. Now, mind you, these are not two of the greatest opponents. It's the perfect opponents for an interim coach to go face. Missouri, who's in your conference, so they're going to get some kind of respect, but not a very good football team. Then you had all the hullabaloo over, you know, the postponement of a game with Florida, which ended up being postponed. It's going to be rescheduled. And then you take on Southern Miss, who's not a very good football team. But it allowed you to get some mojo going because you did go and pound those teams. And quite frankly, these are the kind of games that were played close to the vest by LSU in recent years under less miles that kind of irked and irritated the fan base and perhaps the board of trustees and the decision makers at LSU. It's like, okay, losing to Alabama is one thing. But when you go play these subpar teams and you're not blowing them out of the water, that's a cause for concern. That's a problem. And to my point, earlier this season, LSU took on Jacksonville State, and it was a 34-13 football game. I mean, you won by 21 points. And uh, in the mind of many in LSU's world, you're supposed to win that game by 35, 38, 42 points. And here you are dicking around with Jacksonville State. No such thing under Ed Ogeron. They beat Missouri 42-7. They smashed Southern Miss 45-10. So they're feeling really good about themselves. They are going to find out really who they are and are they really reborn and a new squad when they take on Mississippi, albeit at home. Mississippi, no slouch. They do come in here 3-3, three and three, but Mississippi's got quality losses, if you could say such a thing. Mississippi was impressive for one half on the opener against Florida State. And I think given at what time of the year this game occurred, Mississippi uh, maybe was not as confident as they should have been against a Florida State team. And Florida State's still confident because they've been damn good over the last few years. And the thing just reversed in the second half, and Mississippi ended up losing a game they had full control of. They also, uh, Mississippi, lost to Alabama, playing Alabama the closest of anyone so far this season, a 48-43 loss versus Alabama. And then they lost on the road at Arkansas, which there's no shame in that. Arkansas is a good football team. So now Mississippi, on the heels of that loss, what do they do? Can they respond in this game against LSU? And what do we find out about LSU in this game? Makes it very, very interesting. What do odds makers think? They've made LSU a solid six-and-a-half-point favorite. That could be a problem for the Tigers because you don't know that much about your team after playing 
um, Southern Miss and Missouri. Are you that good, or yeah? I mean, was that just the fact that you played some opponents that weren't that good? And you know, now oddsmakers are making you this solid favorite against an Ole Miss team that could come in there and get hot and smoke you out of the stadium. I'm anxious to see that LSU defense, and in particular their secondary, up against an Ole Miss football team that could throw the ball all over the yard with Chad Kelly and uh, his band of receivers. Mississippi has not had a problem scoring points this year. 34, 38, 43, 45, 48, 30. I mean, they put up 43 points on mighty Alabama. So what do they have in store uh, in their game against LSU? And that does it for the top 25 if you've got any questions, comments about any of those games, again, feel free to call. The number is 347-633-9365. I need to take a break. When I get back, we're going to be talking NFL football. Preview a game here and there. Give some predictions, both for myself and Emil Calamino. It's fantasy football focus time, sponsored by FanDuel. That's coming up. That and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Stay tuned. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Wicked tones, you know. What? Our Metro Boomin wants some more, nigga. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Hold up. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? 
Pop up and visit squidironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Squidironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Maybe taking the week off, all right, this week, but I'm not. We made a B on the midterm, so we're going to take a week off and get a D. Just like all the rest of you people out there, on paper, we should beat Mississippi State. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you what. A lot of people take a lot of things for granted, and I get asked questions like, well, how important is it for the, the young guys to get to play this week? Well, how in the hell do you know they're going to get to play? You know, everybody's got such a high expectation for what our team should be. It really doesn't matter what you think. I mean, what makes you think that you can just assume that they're going to get to play? Because you're assuming that the other team is not very good? Because we have a tendency to think that way around here. Instead of just kicking people's ass like you're supposed to and working to do it. All right, so when you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. And it really sort of, if you want to know the truth about it, pisses me off when I talk to people that have this expectation, like they're disappointed that we only won the game 14-13. You all don't remember the Georgia Southern game, do you? I don't think we had a guy on that field that didn't play in the NFL, and about four or five of them were first-round draft picks. And I think that team won a national championship, but I'm not sure. You want to talk about something that's frustrating? That's frustrating to me. For our players, and they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. Could not stop them. Could not stop them. <laughs> you better make it a good one now, because I'm about half fired up here. You got a good question, I hope? I always got great timing with my questions here. Yeah, well, um, if it's not a good one, just pass it on. Now, you all scared to ask another question? You sure you want to ask? I, I'm good. I know you don't like to do comparisons, but... No, I don't. So don't ask me a comparison I'm, question. I'm not. You, you know, I've already answered it three times. So who else wants it? Can we get in the line and everybody ask the question? Someone needed to tell Nick Saban to turn down several, several times uh, in his interviews. Listen, um, there are three guys that I've seen in football, and I've been around for a while. I've watched football in three decades, believe it or not. And uh, three of the best guys in press conferences that I've ever seen are uh, all guys that are all somehow connected. That's Bill Parcells. No one could control uh, the room full of media like Bill. Um, Bill Belichick, who doesn't say much, but says a lot by not saying much. And uh, Nick Saban, who will go on the occasional rant. I could listen to uh, – give me a highlight reel of Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, or Nick Saban in press conferences, and I could sit there and watch that over and over and over. So that was Nick Saban not uh, not allowing the media to go ahead and blow his team up and get their heads all big. 
I imagine uh, he should probably be in that mode this week because I'm going to say it again. Number one, Alabama taking on number six, Texas A&M, battle of two undefeateds, and Alabama's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. What kind of message do you think that is being sent out to uh, both the players from Alabama and Texas A&M? Nick Saban should be in full combat mode with the media. I can guarantee he's with that with his team this week. This is probably a really tough week of practice. Someone sitting there trying to tell his team how great they are, and Nick's got to knock them down a peg. I might want to you, you you might want to camp out on some uh, Nick Saban press conferences this week, as I'm sure he is going to be deflecting uh, all of those accolades away from his team because you, those aren't going to win you anything on Saturday. Texas A&M is going to be plenty fired up uh, as a favorite. Or as an underdog, I'm sorry, of almost three touchdowns in this football. Total disrespect being issued to uh, the number six team and undefeated SEC uh, participant, Texas A&M. Nevertheless, it's time to talk some NFL football as we do every week on this show. I don't really get too much into um, the individual matchups because I don't think everyone wants to hear me break down uh, each one of these NFL games. I mean, how much do you want to hear me talk about the Colts versus the Titans? I mean, you want to hear that? You want to hear me go in-depth about the Buccaneers and the 49ers? I mean, only people really interested in that are the degenerates. True or no? I mean, a degenerate. I mean, the NFL says they don't like betting. Outside of friends and family, who else is watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2-3 and three versus the pathetic San Francisco 49ers and Chip Kelly running his college offense? No one. Absolutely no one. I guarantee you that's going to be the direct TV channel that's getting the least amount of action come Sunday. Trust me on that. And it's a 4 o'clock game. Matter of fact, there are only three. I mean, the NFL is genius. Okay, There's only three 4 o'clock games. On Sunday, and this is one way to try and get that game some kind of action. Stick it there on a, a light schedule. You got Patriots Steelers, which in uh, in most most times would be uh, one game you'd be glued to. But Big Ben's not going to be playing. And the Pats are seven point favorites. You got Chargers Falcons, which probably has some local interest. And maybe someone wants to see Julio Jones see if he's going to go off. But that's not going to be a blockbuster game. It's not Packers Cowboys. So that's one good way to see people kind of float through Buccaneers 49ers. But what are you looking for? So I'm not going to go in depth on uh, all of these. Just talk about a couple here, Giants and Rams. Now, I didn't talk about this in the opener, but, I, but, you know, I should have. Let me talk to you folks out there. Obviously, the big story surrounding the New York Giants has to do with their punter. And, and at no other time and in very few other situations will a punter in the National Football League get the kind of attention that Josh Brown is getting. And I don't have all of the details on his situation, but on the surface uh, and, you know, nibbling at it like many of us do, it seems Josh Brown was involved in a number of domestic uh, violence situations with his wife. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously some investigations were done about it, and Josh Brown received a one-game suspension following a domestic violence incident with his wife, an accusation which did not uh, make it to the courtroom because the wife refused to file charges. So everyone's up in arms now, and they've got their pitchforks out. And, uh, you know, 
they're ready to go burn down the NFL because Josh Brown has not been tossed out on his ear, you know, immediately. Because uh, NFL officials didn't show up at the facility immediately and strip him of his gear and rip his name off of the locker at uh, the Giants facility and toss him right out in front of the uh, place. That's what we do in this day and age. We're ready to crush people right away, like death to anyone. Immediately upon hearing anything, kill that guy. We want him dead. Despite the fact that we, you know, a lot of us out there live disjointed lives where we too are committing our sins, some of them very egregious. We're living these lives where, you know, um, we're doing serious dirt. And oftentimes those are the people speaking the loudest to remove someone else. It's the Chimura effect, something I'll explain to folks in another program. But my loyal listeners know about the Chimura effect, having to do with Mark Chimura, the former tight end for the Green Bay Packers. You know, so uh, those are the people, they want him tossed out. Hey, listen, folks, allow for due process, please. If Josh Brown is, in fact, as guilty as it seems he is, as nasty a person as it seems he is, that's going to come out. The NFL is a corporation. It's not some mafia. It's not some mob, some gang where uh, under suspicion you will be brought into the room, step on the plastic, and uh, have your brains blown out. You'll be wrapped up and thrown into a canal or, you know, the local lake. It's not how things work. There's procedure they've got to follow there. So why don't we allow for due process, allow the NFL to do their investigations. Don't be mad at the NFL because they only suspended him for one game. And don't come out with all of your Ray Rice comparisons and all of the other comparisons to Greg Hardy and every other uh, person that's been suspended in the National Football League. You don't know the extent of the investigations and the evidence that was available at the time to make the decision. Don't be that stupid. I'm going to believe the NFL when they said they did their due diligence on the incident in which Josh Brown was uh, accused. And there were some roadblocks because they did not get uh, the cooperation of the local police authority where the file, where the complaint was filed, where you know Brown was arrested. The wife herself did not file her charges. So, you know, they did their due diligence. They did their investigation based on the evidence they had at the time. It seemed fit for a one-game suspension. Now there's new evidence. Allow them to examine it. And, you know, if they find out, they can't just go off of the word of the media. No, don't believe the media nowadays. See, we want to pick and choose when we believe the media, when we should run with what the media is saying. We don't pick and choose. So let's choose not to just run with what the media is saying, and make a snap judgment, toss the guy out of his job, and then have to come back later and apologize. Does anyone remember what happened with the Duke lacrosse team? And how many times nowadays do we jump to conclusions only to find out later on, oh, it's not exactly that? So I'm with the NFL. Let's not get egg on our face. Let's do our investigation. We do have investigators. We do pay them and probably pay them well. Let them do their investigations. There's some evidence that's been brought to light. Go do the investigation. Let's find out. If it's found to be true, Josh Brown's going to meet his fate, his NFL fate. He'll meet his fate in life, too, as well. But he'll meet his NFL fate if the investigation turns up what it is that has been reported. He'll be tossed. He will not strike another ball with his foot again 
in the uh, NFL. So that's a big story coming out of, you know, it has nothing to do with Eli Manning or uh, what's going on with the Rams and why are the Rams 3-3, three and three? why haven't they been able to win their last two football games against the Bills and the Lions? Why couldn't they win a home game against the Bills who came off of a big win of, against the Patriots? Why couldn't the Rams hold a lead uh, against the Detroit Lions? Because uh, defense is what they're supposed to be about. Why are the New York Giants all of a sudden uh, underachieving? Not about that. Not about the big win last week and Odell Beckham going off and you know proposing to a kicker's net and doing his fair share of getting attention as he does each and every week, and then turns around and says, "Oh, you know, not having fun anymore. Oh, I'm a bullseye. People got their eyes on me. you. Put people's eyes on you. It's what you do." Not about that. It's about the kicker, Josh Brown and uh, his domestic violence incident, a pot- another potential black eye for the National Football League. Not about that. It is about that other thing. Interesting games maybe to watch this weekend. Um, i got to say this. NFL ratings are down, and uh, we can blame it on a number of things. One of the biggest things causing that, uh, and I think that you have to look at it, and realize that there's a factor. It is an election year, and not just your typical and normal. This is an election year like no other. A battle royal, a WWE-type matchup of sorts, when you have debates between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is on a daily basis providing sound bites and having everyone. It's one big reality show with Donald Trump as everyone flocks to the news stations to find out what ridiculous, crazy thing did he either say or was accused of today. And that's taking eyeballs away from the National Football League. And I tried to explain this as well. The growth in the uh, NFL's viewership is not coming from hardcore football fans. It's coming from those who would follow political shows, who were ripped away from CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and the Bravo Channel and FX and all the other channels. You guys got to look at television viewership as rooms. Each channel on your Comcast or whatever you've got, Warner Cable, <laughs> is there even Warner Cable anymore, or DirecTV, as those channels are people in those rooms. And the NFL has gone about over the last few years, especially under Goodell, trying to go into those rooms and pull those people out of those rooms and slide them down the hallway into their rooms to watch their programming. And you took people who really at their core were about the rooms that they were in. So you're into the programming on VH1. You're into the programming on NTV and Bravo and CNN and MSNBC. Those are That's the kind of person you are really. But the NFL has done a job to um, done enough to lure you out of those rooms and bring you into theirs, and those uh, that's been the growth in viewership. So now, when you've got something hot and heavy going on back in those rooms on those channels, well, people who were in the NFL room are going to kind of slide back out and go back in there because at their core, that's who they are. That's their major interest, and they were intrigued by the NFL. But now something hot and heavy is going on in that room. They've got to leave the NFL room and go back in there. Let's not mistake that. Not hardcore NFL fans who are – the hardcore NFL fans aren't leaving that room. They don't care what's happening in the VH1 room. They don't care what's happening in the FX room or the MTV room. If the NFL is on, we're in that room. It doesn't matter what's going on. So I don't think the NFL is losing those viewers. 
But when you combine some of these matchups that you have going on with the fact that there's something hot and heavy going on in those other rooms, like an election year and Donald Trump stuff, well, then you have uh, a fall-off in viewership. You've got people leaving the NFL room. And so I say that because I'm going through looking at these matchups, and there isn't a whole lot that's going to excite you this week. The Giants and Rams are 3-3. Three and three. The Browns are playing the Bengals outside of Ohio. Who cares? The Bengals were supposed to be a great football team this season. They're 2-4. and four. The Browns are doing their 0-6 thing. Maybe you care some about the Redskins and the Lions. The Redskins 4-2, and two, Lions 3-3, three and three, but nah, not that much. Who really cares about the Colts and Titans? You've got the Saints and the Chiefs, small market teams. Saints are 2-3, and three, Chiefs are 3-2. and two. Bills versus Dolphins, it'd be great if the Dolphins were doing some winning, but they're not. They're a 2-4 and four football team, and the Bills are 4-2. and two. Does that get you excited? Ravens and Jets, why are you getting lathered up for that? You want to see Geno Smith come in now and see if he could save the Jets? You want to watch the drama of that? Is that something that's going to excite you? Now, Vikings and Eagles, that's a good matchup. That's something that might attract people. Vikings undefeated, Eagles 3-2 and two with a hot-shot rookie quarterback that you know got grew up a little bit last week. Raiders and Jaguars, it's the Raiders. People watch the Raiders, but you're playing the Jags, so maybe you don't want to watch. Chargers and Falcons, Chargers, Chargers struggling. Falcons uh, having a, an above-average season. But does that excite you? And Bucks 49ers, come on. So your exciting matchups come um, later on on Sunday. That 1 o'clock hour, you, you know, going to struggle. Vikings and Eagles really are it. Patriots-Steelers, yes. Um, definitely a matchup you want to watch, but Roethlisberger being out puts a damper on that. Seahawks and Cardinals, even though the Cardinals are 3-3, three and three, that's a game you're going to watch, but that you got to wait till prime time on Sunday night for that one. And Texans-Broncos Monday night, um, you know, you have your reasons to watch that. Brock Osweiler going back to take on the Broncos. How many times will Von Miller be laying on this man's back while he's on uh, the turf? That's what you want to see. Can Osweiler survive against the defense that he faced every day in practice last week? That's going to be your alert. There's not a ton of games you say, I got to see in the NFL. And so that's playing a little bit into it, too. NFL is going to have to examine some things, especially, hey, listen, uh, I've got a game like the Bucks and the 49ers. Again, I'm not watching that unless I'm friends and family or I have something wagered on it. Maybe a game like that, I might want to see someone who has a special celebration. So when you've got a guy that you know simulates shooting a ball through the hoop that you don't throw a flag, you're not that stiff-necked and buttoned up that you take that out of the game. You're worried about the kids? Are you kidding me? Stop it. Someone with an unusual celebration or flair about himself in a Buccaneers 49ers game might get some viewers there might get the very eyeballs that you've been snatching away out of those other rooms. Uh, just something for you to think about in the offseason, Roger Goodell. Can't wait for your uh, breakdown during Super Bowl week of things. That's going to be very interesting. No, never really watched that before. This year, I have a feeling I'm going to be watching it. But all right, let's talk about some uh, our fantasy football focus. Let's, let's do that. Last week, Emil was on fire smashed me. I mean, I mean, he really had a great week in the fantasy football focus. So, you know, maybe this guy you want to pay attention to this week. Rolled up 76.86 points with his three picks. And just to uh, lay this out for you folks, 
uh, how we do the fantasy football focus sponsored by FanDuel is he picks a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. I pick a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. And uh, we have this caveat. We can't spend more than $21,000. And how do we come up with the dollar amounts? It's based on the numbers at FanDuel. And, uh, again, it's a good time for me to tell you, um, whether you play fantasy football or you've been thinking about doing it, FanDuel.com is the place for you to go do that. Um, great contest. You don't have to worry about season-long fantasy. Each week is a new week, so if you lose your quarterback, you lost him for that week, you can get a new one next week. Um, great beginner contest, so if you're new to fantasy, you don't have to jump in there against the uh, veterans and get your head kicked in. They've got beginner rooms, so you, you know beginners can go in there and you can test yourself out against folks who are also on your level. You can also create your own league, so invite your friends. I know you and your friends out there brag about who's the best, who knows their football, this, that, and the other. You can do that now. You can put your money where your mouth is right now at FanDuel.com. So you can head over to FanDuel.com, use the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Don't forget that, GRIDIRONSTUDS, and uh, get yourself a nice little bonus to start off your fantasy football odyssey. Um, lots of fun. You know, everyone here thinks they're a GM. Everyone thinks on, on Sunday they know better than the actual people that pick the players. Hey, man. Prove it to yourself and to others by heading over to FanDuel. You pick your fantasy team every week, and you compete against everyone else. And uh, you know what? When you win, you can pocket a little money, too. There is a big-time uh, million-dollar contest going down this week in uh, FanDuel. You certainly don't want to miss out on that. If you're feeling like uh, you want to jump in there with the heavyweights, you could definitely do that at FanDuel each and every week. They have a big-time contest going down, and uh, you can win yourself thousands upon thousands of dollars if you're that good. Now, mind you, I'm, again, I'm going to give the emphasis on you needing to be that good. And uh, some of you out there really are. And so just to give you an idea, there's a $250,000 contest. There's a $1 million contest. There's a $1.5 million contest. They'll have $25 million contests and prizes. I mean, you could come up really, really big. You can be really, really good, or you can be really lucky one week and, and pocket uh, some pretty good money. So head over to FanDuel.com right now and put in uh, the promo code GridironStuds. Get yourself a nice bonus to start things off. So that's the uh, rules on this thing. We pick a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver, and we, uh, according to FanDuel prices, got to stay under $21,000. So who does uh, Amel like this week? Again, he was a runaway winner last week. So let's talk about what he likes. Quarterback-wise, he says he's going to save himself some money. He expects the Browns to be behind against the Bengals. The Bengals got to get their act together. Um, and it seems like something is wrong with the Bengals. Maybe it's something wrong in their pass defense, and he's banking on that. Kessler um, has looked decent, and he's going to going to have to probably be throwing the ball around here. Perhaps he could put up some stats. So he's rolling with uh, Kessler who is uh, going to cost you $6,600 at FanDuel this weekend. So that keeps you uh, – that's a, that's a cheap price on a quarterback. He's going to ride uh, his man Weir again from Kansas City. Propped up some pretty nice points for him last week. He went with Weir last week, got him 23.3 fantasy points at FanDuel. Uh, you got to up the ante. Last week, Weir was 5.7 uh, $5,700 this week. you got to pay $7,000 for Ware. But by going cheap with Kessler, he can uh, fit Ware in. And then he's going to go with Stefan Diggs against the Philadelphia. He's going to find a way 
to go against Philadelphia on something. So Minnesota playing Philadelphia, he thinks Stephon Diggs is a bargain. He could possibly have a good and big day against the Philadelphia Eagles. Stephon Diggs only going to cost you seven grand. Who am I going with? I am going to back Joe Flacco. Done that before. I'm going to do it again. The Jets uh, seem to be in disarray. And I don't like the Jets secondary. I just really, really don't. Um, I think they're going to have a rough week here. And uh, that should come as a surprise to no one. But uh, Flacco and the Ravens coming off of the loss to the Giants, not trying to lose to another New York team. And I think uh, for that to happen, Flacco has to, he has to have himself a day. Found some offense last week. I think they build on that uh, against the Jets. So I'm uh, definitely looking forward to uh, Joe Flacco putting up uh, some numbers on the road. They may even find themselves behind, and I think he could throw himself back into this contest. So a little bit of the same mentality um, that uh, Emil is using. But should the uh, Ravens find themselves behind against the Jets, I think Joe Flacco can put up some numbers in this contest. Running back-wise, I'm going to go with Matt Jones from Washington, quietly having a really good season. And uh, Redskins taking on a Lions football team that doesn't play much defense. Lions will routinely give up 21-plus points in a football game. Don't think they're all that great against a run. They did happen to be decent against a run last week, having a lot to do with the fact that, you know, it just turned into a whole passing game. So they might ignore what they need to do on that part of their defense this week. And I think that's going to open up some doors for the Washington Redskins, who may also want to try and keep Matt Stafford and the boys off the field. So there's going to be some running going on. And I think uh, if that's the case, then uh, you're going to be passing to really one guy there. One guy's going to get a lion's share of the things of, uh, of the passes this week for the Redskins. And I think that guy's going to be Pierre Garçon. You know, the uh, Redskins, uh, Deshaun Jackson is kind of nursing some injuries. Redskins been rolling lately. But Pierre Garçon uh, has been solid. Six for 77 last week. I think he has the potential to probably go off and pay off here. You only got to pay 6100 for Pierre Garçon. So uh, I think he's uh, the play for you. So those are my three. Joe Flacco, 7600 at FanDuel. Matt Jones from the Redskins, 6700 for uh, the Redskins. And, and then Pierre Garçon, also from the Redskins. Kind of rolling with Washington in this one. Rolling with the uh, Redskins in this one. So I'm banking on them doing some things in uh, their contest this week against the Lions. So that's it. That's our fantasy football focus. Amo going with Cody Kessler from the Browns. Uh, Spencer Ware from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, Stephon Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going with Joe Flacco, kind of staying in that uh, Maryland, D.C. area. I'm going with Joe Flacco from the Ravens. Uh, Matt Jones from the, uh, as my running back from the Redskins. And then Pierre Garçon, my wide receiver, uh, also from the Redskins. So what do we like pick-wise this week? It's that time for us to lay out the picks. Who do we like this week? We're going to run through that, and again, I don't have Emil here to uh, lay out his pick, so I'm going to have to do that for him. And uh, let's start off with who he likes in the NFL. We'll stay here with that. All right, 
Amal likes in the uh, matchup of the New York Giants and the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to back the Rams in this one. Um, he's really not ready to make the Giants uh, a road favorite, and I kind of agree with him. Why are the Giants favorite on the road? It's a little scary that they have, but sorry, I don't know that it's one of those plays where you just play against the odd makers line. Uh, the Giants um, at home as a, an underdog. Uh, I think gets to uh, answer the bell here. Feeling a little good after the Ravens win. He likes the Chiefs as a six-point favorite. Saints uh, outside with no defense. The Saints are an indoor carpet team, folks. They play on carpet. All right? That's their thing. Get them on grass. Totally different story. He likes the Chiefs here. Um, Thinks the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC West. Thinks the uh, Chiefs blow out the the Saints here by 17. And then he likes the Lions in that contest against the Redskins. The Redskins have a four-game win streak based largely on smoke and mirrors. Uh, the only dominant win in their uh, whole lineup of wins there was against Philly. Lions are on a streak of their own, and uh, they'll get the home win in this one. That's how he's looking at it. Um, so th- those are his picks. Sliding over to college for Amol, he likes TCU plus six in their contest against West Virginia. He thinks based on the level of competition, uh, getting a little carried away with West Virginia. Thinks TCU is the better team. He'll gladly take them as a six-point uh, underdog in this contest. Backing Arizona State in their casino defense. Sun Devils are a different animal at home in the desert versus on the road. Um, tall task for Washington State to go in there and blow them out. And uh, he thinks he likes Arizona State as a, a home underdog in this contest. Uh, Arizona State, he thinks, can get the outright winner. And then he likes Stanford as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. No, Stanford isn't the Stanford of the past few seasons, but they're still getting better. Thinks they're better than Colorado on their home field. He likes uh, Stanford to win by seven. So not really, really feeling uh, Colorado like that. So he's going to back um, he's going to back Stanford in that contest. That's where he stands on that one. And those are your picks from Emil Calamino. What do I like? Let's fire it up for me. Here's what I like in uh, college football this weekend. Talked about Arkansas and their contest. Um, Arkansas is playing good football, man. I don't know that we should be getting all that giddy and gung-ho about Auburn. I mean, they've, they, they've got a good record, but who has Auburn beaten? I don't think Auburn is as battle-tested as Arkansas, folks. I just, I, I'm not really seeing it as that. Uh, Mississippi State, not all that great of a football team. They dominated them, and then they have a bye week. Auburn may be thinking a little bit too much of themselves. Okay, They did get the win against LSU. I'm not really impressed all that much by anything else Auburn's done. Arkansas has played some tough football games. They've played Alabama. They've played Mississippi. They've played Texas A&M. They are ready to knuckle up. I don't know how Auburn is a 10-point favorite in this contest. I'm going to take Auburn and uh, the 10 points. Now, let's slide over to Wisconsin taking on uh, Iowa uh, on the road. Now Wisconsin bummed out. Still the number ten ranked team in the country. Got to be they're a little bit bummed out, uh, you know, with their loss last week to Ohio State. But I think they gained a certain measure of confidence. I think that's going to work in the opposite effect. Some confidence doing that battle with Ohio State and going to overtime and almost winning that game. So I like them to battle back in this contest on the road against Iowa, who got a false impression of themselves with that 49-35 win. This is not a good uh, Iowa team this year, folks. Think about – I know what you think about Iowa based on last year. This is not 2015 Iowa. This is 2016 Iowa. I think Wisconsin's a better team. And uh, odds makers agree with me. Wisconsin is a three-and-a-half point favorite. I'm going to roll with Wisconsin on this one as a three-and-a-half point favorite on the road. And then finally, I'm going to go against Amel on that TCU pick. Um, I like West Virginia in this contest. I like West Virginia at home. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the, you, you're talking about level of competition. They, they played Kansas State. That's a tough team. They played BYU. That's a tough team. And they went out on the road against Texas Tech and showed that they could play on the road. That means a lot in college football. On the other hand, you've got TCU. Yes, they lost to Oklahoma, and yes, they lost to Arkansas. I don't see great wins for TCU here. They played on the road at Kansas and snuck by in that one. Kansas is not a good football team. To win by one point against Kansas tells me something. Um, you played against Southern Methodists. They're not good and haven't been for a while. Iowa State, not a good football team. South Dakota State, beneath you. TCU has not put up any impressive wins. And with um, West Virginia, I think, is, is probably where it's at in this game. So I'm going to back... West Virginia lines moving against us here as West Virginia is a, a six point favorite in this contest, but I'm going to roll with that. And that's why I like sliding over to the NFL. I talked about how boring the Colts Tennessee game is. Um, that's fine. I don't care about that. Colts are a three point underdog. I like them in this contest. Tennessee, not ready to be a favorite. Okay. They're just not that team back to back wins for them against two of the worst teams in the NFL right now, probably has them thinking that there's something that they're really not. Okay, Dolphins, Browns, not getting it for me. Don't like Tennessee as a favorite. I think the Colts are a better team. I'll take the Colts plus the points. The Oakland Raiders are who I'm jumping on next. Raiders are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're on the road. Jacksonville is a favorite. Why? Why is Jacksonville a favorite in a football game? Don't do that. Don't get too giddy off of back-to-back wins for the Jaguars. While they may be a better team than they have been in the past, not ready to be a favorite. I'm going to take the Raiders, the 4-2 and two Raiders, who are coming back east. I know all the thoughts about that, but give me them with points. And then you know what? Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the New England Patriots. Ben Roethlisberger is out. Yes, that's a big shocking blow. And if anyone saw Landry Jones, you'd be a little bit concerned about it. I think the Steelers are a good enough football team all around. I think the Steelers are coached well enough to overcome being a touchdown underdog at home. Now, I know Big Ben's a big loss, but you've got a lot of weapons there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got Antonio Brown, and you have... Le'Veon Bell, and you've got a whole crew of guys that could pick up the slack there, and I'm just not ready to say that, you know, because big Tom Brady, big bad Tom Brady and the boys are coming to town, that the Steelers should be seven-point underdogs. Maybe the Patriots pull it out because the Patriots have got moxie like that, and uh, they're motivated and they're on a mission. I just don't see the Steelers being blown out at home simply because Ben Roethlisberger is not playing. So that's what I've got, Colts plus two, uh, Colts plus three. Raiders plus oh, a point and a half, and the Steelers as seven-point underdogs at home. That's what I've got. I'm going to jump into a break. When I get back, high school football coming up. I'll take your calls here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. season's here and you want yourself set up for the weekend. Well, the Gridiron Stud Show is the place to be. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. and get the best picks in college and NFL football from Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. They'll break it down for you, give you a little analysis and a little intelligence. You can do that or you can do this and listen to this. Hey, call me now. I've got the templates for the entire weekend. Call me now on a recorded message that will give you free the Jets versus the Bills, the Lions versus the Cowboys, and the Eagles versus the Bucks. Call me now. I've got winners for you the entire weekend. Absolutely free. 1-800-238-I-WIN. 1-800-238-I-WIN. I've got all the inside info from all the casinos. That are those tickets. Call me free. I've got all the winners. Give them to me. I got them to you. You get them. You got them. I got them. We all got them. 
No need for that foolishness. Gridiron Stud Show every Friday, 10 a.m. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino give you their top picks in college and NFL, and we win without all the foolishness. No spitting, no yelling. Top plays every week. Tune in every Friday, 10 a.m. Gridiron Stud Show, Blog Talk Radio, hosted by Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. See you there. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Eleven twenty-eight here on the Gridiron Stud Show, flying solo today, so it's Chad Wilson, no Amol Calamino. As uh, Amol had to tend to some very important matters, but have no fear, Football Friday is still here, and uh, I'm here with you. Uh, I'm going to bring on Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com here pretty soon, but before I do that, let me jump out to the phone lines and Get our, our number one fan and listener here of the Good Art Stud Show onto the show. Les, how you doing, man? What do you got for me this week? What's going on? What's going on? Hey, man. What's going on, I man? Enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the uh, the conversation about the teams. And, you know, we're going to bump heads this week. Uh, I kind of like some of the things that you like. And uh, mm-hmm. Amo might not be happy this weekend, but uh, my colleague, what do you get? I like. What do you like? I like West Virginia over TCU. I think I said it last week. Jim Mora is losing his job at UCLA, and this will be the start of it. Utah going to go in and whoop him in this weekend. I mean, and, I don't understand uh, that line, Les. I mean, why why UCLA that big of a favorite? I mean, three and four UCLA. That's disrespectful. What what? Well, without a quarterback, I mean, how well can they play? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to. We'll definitely have to see. But I'm with you on that one. What else you got? Uh, I like Ole Miss putting putting the spankles on uh, LSU. I love. Do you I really? Love, uh, Coach, I love Coach Jerron, Man, he's a great guy. But uh, there's no help in LSU right now. I don't think their running back's gonna play well. Uh, he hasn't played well all season. Uh, to be a Heisman Trophy candidate two years ago. Well, he's been ago. injured. Um, you know, he's been he's been injured, so 
I mean, that is an issue, but. That doesn't look good going into the NFL. <laughs> True. Um, some may say maybe he's protecting himself. I don't know, but uh, I'm not here to try and figure that out. So you like them to go in there and um, you, you like Ole Miss to go in there and get a clean victory like that or just cover the number? Nah, clean victory. I, I, I've uh, I've been impressed with Chad Kelly this, this past year. Ever since I've uh, become friends with him on Facebook when he was at Clemson, man, I've always liked the kid. And I've seen it. In, I've seen him mature a lot as a player. So um, this will help him out, you know. You know, just to help his resume. But uh, I like Ole Miss this week. I like the Lions to beat the uh, Redskins. Um, I I just don't see um, I don't see that quarterback from the Washington Redskins coming in Detroit and doing anything well. Oh, uh, you didn't work then. I uh, hate the um, former Michigan State quarterback thing into it, huh? Is that, is that what's I, going on? I still, <laughs> I still can't, I can't stand Kirk Cousins. Um, besides him, Has he I like oh, Wait, let me stop you there. Has he not played better than you expected, though? Give him that. Nah, Come on, admit I, it. I don't like that guy, dude. Admit I don't it. like yeah, maybe, gonna... but I I think most fans would have to say Kirk Cousins has you know outplayed what uh, people expected from him um, over the last two seasons. So nevertheless, well, you know, I mean we're talking about this week's game. Him, you like Detroit? Are they going to sign him to a bigger contract? <laughs> That's the next. Oh, we'll have to find it. out. I mean, it, you know that all boils down to what other options do they have? Who else you like in the NFL? Uh, I like the Raiders and the Ravens this weekend. You like the Ravens, huh? You're not feeling the Jets? Man, the Jets is horrible, man. I don't know. I mean, if if Fitzpatrick is throwing the ball, interception. He is not. Geno Smith slated to get the start. And he's worse. He's worse. It can't. You can't be worse than Fitzpatrick, who has a love affair with defensive backs. Well, what? He loves throwing the ball to those guys. Watch what Geno does. Well, no, I mean, much to the chagrin of many Jet fans out there, they just have a problem at quarterback. They've got four quarterbacks. They've got Smith, they've got Fitzpatrick, they've got Petty, and they got Hackenberg, but they don't have a quarterback. Four quarterbacks, but they don't have one. And can you really go out and draft one now? I mean, you just you drafted Hackenberg. You drafted Petty ahead of him. You drafted Smith. You got Fitzpatrick from somewhere. Why can't they fix the quarterback problem? Well, they're about to lose Revis, and um... – then what's going to happen? Uh, I mean, Revis hasn't been all that much for him this year either, so yeah, just I got mean, some it, fixing it up to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe it is time to move to safety and use your smarts at that position, you know what I mean? And, you know, maybe you tutor some young cornerbacks that come on to the New York Jets. Maybe that's your, maybe that's where you go. Or maybe you just hang them up all together. You've had a great career. No one would begrudge you that. You know, you leave the game at this point. You leave a legend. Um, you may get a gold jacket one day, and you were the highest paid guy ever of all time at your position. So that's kind of the options, I think, facing Darrell Revis. In 2016, Absolutely. going into 17. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's where you are. Well, listen, man, i got to jump into some high school football here. It's getting down to the nitty-gritty here in the state of Florida, and we're a part of that. So i got to talk about that, man, but I appreciate you. Uh, we'll check on these picks. Appreciate you laying them on us. For sure, my man. Have a good day. All right, man, you enjoy the rest of uh, your weekend. That is our, our number one caller here on the Gridiron Show. 
Gridiron Stud Show. Les calling in with some picks. He's been pretty. He's been pretty hot this season, especially in college football. Got to say that. So he likes uh, West Virginia, much to uh, Amos' chagrin. Utah over UCLA, and then likes Ole Miss. He says to kind of handle LSU. We'll see about that. Again, he's been uh, pretty hot. But it's time to talk some high school football, as we always do every week on a Football Friday on the Gridiron Stud Show, and. Uh, one of uh, the guys in the state of Florida that has his finger on the pulse. He's got it everywhere. He's got eyeballs everywhere throughout this big, great state, and it's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Josh, how you doing, man? What's going on? Tell me where the season's gone because uh, it's hard to believe it's week nine. Then we just got week Unbelievable, isn't it? Boom, we're in the playoffs. Flying, <laughs> flying through this point. thing. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, look, uh, you got to thank two Hurricanes, though, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true, very, very, very true. I mean, it's kind of made a mess. Hey, real quick, I'm gonna jump into this thing. You've got nothing to do with this, but I, I don't know. I gotta. I mean, I, I suppose this is all computerized and whatnot. But I'm looking at Pinko's uh, power ratings, top 25. Hey, listen, say how is Saint four and two Saint Thomas ranked ahead of American seven and zero oh American Heritage? What? What in the hell is going on here? I, I have no idea. I I I, I just want to, I I I I'm the messenger. <laughs> yeah, and it's but, not like no. I mean, I look, I maybe the whole Bishop Gorman thing, but I mean, St. Thomas has not played all of uh the greatest competition either. Booker T uh, and then uh, you know, uh Bishop Gorman and then what else outside of that? I don't know, but I mean, because you don't have the Deerfield Beach game counting into that, so it does hurt. I'm like, well, well, you know, we don't have that one, so. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a I mean, you know, little surprised. And, 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 and Malin and certainly has not played a much of uh, much of anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean they don't have the game. Wow. I mean, it, yeah, I'm having a hard time figuring it out because it's literally, you know, you just think about it. But, I mean, I, I guess – I guess, but you look at the differences, two-tenths of a difference between St. Thomas and American Heritage's power ranking, that's pretty close. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty close. close. Uh, I, I, you know, with remaining games against Jackson and Hallandale for us, uh, American Heritage I'm speaking about, I don't know that, you know, if we both kept winning that we would pass them. Uh, I mean, Hallandale and Jackson not uh, having the greatest seasons, um, I mean, Jackson did get a win against Booker T um, somehow, some kind of way. And then, you know, Hallandale, um, undefeated in the district, but certainly not the Hallandale of 2015. So um, St. Thomas does get a, a pretty good Flanagan team at the end of the year. So, you know, they could have a chance of staying ahead of us. That's just the uh, American Heritage coach in me speaking there. So I just wanted to kind of drop that out there like, yo, where's where, where is that one coming from, you know? So yeah, there's where, that. Where is but, that coming from? I, I, yeah, I'll let's, tell you what, let's, it, let's it, talk it, about – go ahead. I'll just tell you, I think it will be interesting to see how the next two weeks shape up because, you know, and, and of course, you know, the, 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 uh, any of these rankings are just per, per, pretty much, you know, it's it's, it's for talk. It, it's to get people talking because, you know, the, you know, the, 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 all, all that matters is coming down to winning that final game in, 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 in about seven weeks, you know, if you can make it to the state championship game in Orlando, winning that game. That's all that matters for any team. Sure. Uh, that's a, that's exactly what it all really boils down to. T- handle your business, win your games, get through the rounds, 
and uh, you know get get to the end point. That's really what it is. I want to talk to you about about Class 8A, especially down our way, since that's where you know a lot of our our listeners reside. But I'm looking at things. Um, District 8, A12, Miramar, Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I what what's how how do you think that's going to shake out? There? Well, Flanagan. Well, Flanagan's already won, already clinched the district championship. So now you're just waiting for your district runner-up. At this particular point, I think it's Miramar is going to be your runner-up, just the way things are looking. But you know, Western's not out of it. You know, they're still, they're still, they're, they're still considered in the mix there. And, you know, I'm, you know, as you've seen them, you know, doing the, the playoff scenarios the, the last couple of weeks. You know, we'll have one more round of those next week. You know, it's it's very interesting. You know, and and actually, I think you know, looking at it right now, just going through, going actually looking at it, it's pretty much you know, yeah, you've got you've got to wait because you still you still got Miramar, you still got Western, Everglades is still kind of Everglades still could throw a, a hook and sinker into this if they wanted to, but you know, by getting the upset on Miramar, but I don't see it mm-hmm. happening. At that particular point, it just comes down to Miramar and Western next week for that runner-up spot because Flanagan's already they're they're, they're having a home playoff game. <laughs> that's, that's how definite. yeah uh, uh, yeah definitely that. So how concerned should Flanagan and Flanagan backers and fans be concerned with the lack of competition that they faced this season? Because as I look below them um, in this in this classification, you've got Columbus out there. Um, you've got Coral Gables, you've got Southridge, you've got those kind of teams waiting for them. And uh, how prepared are they going to be heading into the playoffs when those kind of teams are I, lurking there for them? I, I don't think Flanagan's played the greatest football this year. I mean, considering, hey, you you, you, you managed just to get by Miramar 8-7. <laughs> I mean, considering mm-hmm. Miramar led that game for most of that game. Uh, right. I think at this particular point, you know, you look you, you look at the teams below them, but I think you also got to look at the teams above, you know, in districts districts nine through eleven to see who's sitting there in, in the fold waiting, and because you know they're you know they're not going to see that Miami team until the re, until the state semifinal. So I think the biggest mm-hmm. worry for Flanagan, okay, is who you got to worry about. I think the team you got to worry about if you're in that region, you need to worry about Park Vista first. You need to worry about that team first because if you start thinking, oh, we're going to get a Southridge or a Columbus, you might get you might get you, you might get waxed out of the regional final. If you Park don't watch Vista, it. watch out for Park Vista is not something that's been often said when talking Florida football. No. So how good is this Park Vista team for the novices out there that just don't really know? Just, Let us know how good I, is this team. Way better than I ever thought they would be this season. Okay, I didn't even have them going to the playoffs. Okay, I thought that was a book. I thought okay, this is Atlantic and Boca Raton's year again, and Atlantic Atlantic is kind of struggling. Atlantic, I mean, they're they're still in the mix. Boca Raton, I mean, I hate to say it, but then there's a potential shot. There's a three-way tiebreaker that gets set up for that runner-up spot because Park Vista's already won the district. So it's now just okay. It's an Atlantic, Wake Wharf, or Boca Raton. Who's gonna who's gonna fight for that that last spot? So. Hmm. You know, this is this is it. Gets, it gets very interesting. It's you know, it's because I had Boca pegged them as the favorite to win that district, and they've got two losses in the district, and now it's you know, they need a tiebreaker in order basically to hit the playoffs. So, but I think I think in, in this case, and I, I also think I also think you know, in, in, in coming out of you know, looking at you know, in, in the first two rounds for Flanagan, 
you need to keep a, you definitely need to keep an eye on Deerfield Beach and Piper. I think you have to keep an eye on both because if you don't, you're going to make a mistake. You know, you, mm. you start looking way ahead, you're going to get knocked out. Because that's that's always I, I say that you can't look ahead. You can't look ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just interesting ahead. that you've had teams like this this year come back into the fold in Broward County, Piper, MacArthur. South Broward, those kind of teams oh, coming yeah. back around and doing things makes 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 it that much more interesting. I don't I don't pretend to know why I think we've got, uh, they've come back around. I think we've got parity. Yeah, I mean it certainly helps you like that in Broward. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's not just in Broward, but again across the entire state because we've seen this in just in, in almost every single region where. You know, teams that we were necessarily not talking about making the playoffs, or I mean, I, I can even speak to my own alma mater. I mean, doing this because they they did it as well. Okay, yeah, I project them maybe four for fifth, and you know they're not, they're not going to make the playoffs. And all of a sudden, here they go clinch the playoff spot, and I'm just like, what's going on? But but I think you have to. Have, you, you, it, it's you know, it, it, it's it's a sort of these cycles. You know, the thing with cycle. You know, for every five years, you have a you know you, you have the norm. You're gonna have an off year. I mean, well, here's our off year. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're seeing it. Well, the talk of parity segues really nice into this. Want to talk about parity? Miami Central, Miami mm-hmm. Northwestern, Miami Carroll City, Miami Norland. The district of death. That's parity. That's parity in the, the truest FCC sense of the word. It it really really is to the point where four straight championships in a row and Central may not even make they need all types of good things to happen in their favor tonight to make it. I I cannot tell you just how I mean I mean I, I'm I'm ready to write the article of just how off Florida football has been not just on a statewide level but on a national level this year because Florida is definitely off this year in the national eyes. Mm-hmm. Outside of hmm. IMG, outside of St. Thomas Aquinas, there's no Booker T we're talking about nationally in the top 25. There's no Miami Central we're talking about nationally in the top 25 now. You know, they were talking hmm. about early in the season, but now all of a sudden they've fallen off. Coco's hmm. not even, you know. I mean, it's, it's those kind of teams with all that stuff, you know, and, and all of that, it's it just, it's literally, you know, it's, it, it's one of these years where you know that, you know, there's nobody in Florida winning a national title at this point, unless boom, unless ING somehow gets in the number one spot. And I don't want to talk about that because that's not really there on the, on, on the topic discussion. But it does, uh, yeah, I mean we're 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 undefeated at Heritage, but I just don't know what's coming up ahead of us that could catapult us to that, you know, to that right, level in terms of an opponent. And, right, and that's the thing, and and you know, and I, you know, that's where I only that I, I disagree with them counting the Booker T game because it was a preseason game because you know it don't count on the record. It you know it doesn't show you having a loss to them. So that's the right. thing. But you know, looking at this, looking at the looking at District Six A Sixteen, looking at that particular district, it's just it's it, it's insane what that district has done this year. I mean, that's the SEC of football right there in high school football. Were you surprised at the result last week? Having played Northwestern, I was not. But were you surprised by Northwestern being able to upset Central last week? I wasn't necessarily surprised because I thought it could happen. I really thought there was a chance there. And, and I, 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 I might get hanged by the Miami Central fans. Okay, fine. 
but sometimes, you know what, all good things must come to an end, and this is probably what, sure. and to be honest, you know, talking to a couple of people, you know, you know, privately, just to, just to simple, just to simple to sum it up, probably just needed to happen for them, to, 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 mm. to, to, to spark a fire back into them, because, you know, to get, to be served some humble pie, which is what basically what they've been served in the, in the, in the last two district games, served some humble pie. Well, this too, um, it seems like Northwestern is on their way back. It seems as though Carroll City is back. And there, you know, there's only so many football players in that, in, in, you know, in that area right there, rich with talent. Don't get me wrong. But there's only oh, so yeah. many football players. And now you've got to share them. Whereas in years past, Central had a little bit of a monopoly because things were rolling so well. But with Northwestern, uh, and Carroll City getting back into it, and New Orleans slowly working their way back into it, kids have other options now. And so maybe Central doesn't get to stockpile talent like they've been doing. Right. I think, I think that's, you know, and, and, uh, and I think some of the credit for, 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 for some, you know, with Miami Northwestern finally getting that win is, you know, hey, well, look at Northwestern's head coach. Where was he at before? Well, right. you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna figure out these tendencies at some point. And, you know, and, and, and like I said, and, you know, and you look at it, if you want to talk about five-peat, Chad Booker T's in good position to go try to get that five-peat, but Miami Central is not. And, you know, it, mm. it's going to be strange because you're thinking, oh, well, Miami Central and Booker T there again this year in Orlando, and that's probably not that's not likely happening now. So, you know, it, it, but, you know, it, it, everybody's now talking about because, oh, if Miami Central is out, that opens the door for Mainland to make a run now, <laughs> which, which mm. kind of is it, – it's it, – it, 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 Kind of the truth. It's, but I have to say, I have to, I have to, pre- I have to put, a, I have to put a but. You got to keep an eye on Carroll City and Northwestern because they could really do some damage too. You know, they, they're oh, most it. definitely, yeah, most definitely, they're they're coming together at the right time in terms of making a, a playoff run. But let's slide to the district right above those guys, and I guess the the team to talk about is Boyd Anderson, who's playing oh, uh, the aforementioned St. Thomas tonight. Can Boyd Anderson? Uh, I mean, these two district these these guys in in, in district six A sixteen are going to be beat up. Let's face it, when they get out of it, can Boyd Anderson be a big benefactor? Um, uh, can they be? Can they benefit greatly from that? But can they benefit? I mean, after after losing the Boynton Beach last week, I, I, I'm not sure what's going on there. I mean, that district kind of went that district kind of went on the, the fritz there, you know, after that mm-hmm. because. You know, it's just like okay, oh, hey, here you go. Here's Boyd. Here's Boyd Anderson. You know, they could they could clinch the district here, and now all of a sudden, now, you know, it, it, you, you could be potentially talking three way tiebreaker here at this particular point in the way things are looking. But Boyd Anderson, I don't know if I could give them a. Sh- I mean, they might give St. Thomas Aquinas a game, but I don't necessarily think they're gonna. They, they could beat that. They could beat them. I it just, it, it's just mm-hmm. not. You know, it's. St. Thomas is still St. Thomas, and you know you, you, you look at the you look at the two losses. You say, oh, okay, Booker T and Bishop Foreman. Well, we know that they could have won the Bishop Foreman game. We know we could have won the Booker T game. They could be undefeated right now. So I think that's the difference there. You know, it's you know I think, I think a lot of this is going to boil down to how well can St. Thomas run the football because um, I think Boyd Anderson in their secondary has uh, they play well enough back there and have good enough athletes to slow down. A St. Thomas passing game minus right Trayvon there. Grimes. Yeah, and that could be that. Yeah, and that could be a big. That could be a major difference right there. You know, if you know, and again, if you you know, 
if, if they if they can't get a run game going, then yeah, Boyd Anderson might have that chance. But I just don't know if, if they can if Boyd Anderson will be able to, you know, oh, you know, my brother slow St. Thomas down. But could they be able to capitalize and say if they get the turnovers they necessarily need and get the points on the board? Because you know, hey, St. Thomas defense could go shut them down too. And then you're talking maybe a potential. Oh, here here we go. We're gonna have a three nothing game. You know, somebody's sure. going to get a field goal just to win it. And, and you know, and, and that's the, that's the, I mean, that's the whole thing and, and, and the thing on that. And, you know, and, and looking at it, you know, St. Thomas is a 31-point favorite over Boyd Anderson, according to our friend mm-hmm. Pinkos, you know, that, mm-hmm. I, I, but, but then again, you got, you got to think about, okay, here, what, what about the human element? And, you know, these are not considering the human element at this particular point. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it's just, who who wants it more? You know, does Boyd Anderson really? I, I, if Boyd Anderson can get a win, it would be a statement win. It would be a statement win right. after after basically you know dropping a, a game that was probably in, in most people's mind a sure win last week. You know, I don't because no one saw that coming. Right. No. Yeah. No. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Need to get back on their feet. Let me. Let's talk about District Five A, where you know we are. Uh, 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 Class 5A, where we are a member uh, at American Heritage. We had the big showdown last week against Cardinal Gibbons. Kind of puts us in the driver's seat for the for the district championship. Right. Um, and, and so let's talk about uh, outside of this particular district. Uh, I don't know how much we can expect out of 5A 15. Is it's a th- it's a uh, three team district. Uh, you and I have talked about the ridiculousness of that. Um, in past shows at Suncoast, Port St. Lucie, Fort Pierce. But let's ride above them. Who's the who's the team to really look out for in those next two districts above in 14 and 13? Uh, is it Bishop Moore again, or is there someone else that's making some noise? You definitely keep an eye on Bishop Moore. You don't take your eyes off Bishop Moore. You, 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 you just don't do that. Don't I don't recommend that. Mm. But. Right. If, if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna give you another uh, let me give you another team here that um, in in that process I would say is that you know looking at it I would I would give you Palm Bay keep an eye on Palm Bay they are rolling mm-hmm. this year you know they you know they they, they you know one one of their wins was against a, a a a strong playoff team from Colorado and Columbine so. Mm. <laughs> I have to give Palm Bay. I have to give Palm Bay some credit here, and you know they're, you know they're they're playing hard, and I, you know, and, and it's interesting. I say this this week because Mirren Island and Palm Bay are playing this week, and that's going to decide the district championship right there. Mirren Island has just not been as impressive with their games this year. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. Mirren Island fourteen twelve over Titusville. What is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just. Not, well, not, you're, you're allowed yeah, that. You're, you're allowed that one booger. Uh, you're allowed that one booger every but, but, year. Maybe that was it. Uh, they've had too many of those one one bookers. That's the problem. <laughs> that, that's that's the that's the problem. So I, I you know you like and like you said you know the district 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 you know district fifteen you know you look at it, it you can almost say okay the district sixteen teams are going to beat those district fifteen teams and I mean that's mm-hmm. just you know district fifteen is just like the weakest three team district one of the weakest three team districts in the state. It's just it's literally yeah. it's not. It's not conducive, and I, and I told I told I told one, I told the guy one of the reporters of the uh, of the, the Treasure Coast Palm there up, in, up there in Stewart. I said, you know what? 
you know, he was going through this, he's going through the standings, and he's like, uh, okay, you know, you got the district champion, but, you know, you got these two teams are going to make the runner-up spot. And I'm like, neither of those two teams should even be sniffing the playoffs. Well, what could have been done different there, given the, given the format we're under right now? What could have been done different by, by you know, with that district? Allowing Palm Bay to move into that district like they wanted to. And what was the reason against it? The travel. They they said it was going to be unfair travel advantage to the other two Sun Coast, Westwood and Fort St. Lucie. That that's all that you agree, all you agree with that. that or? Was. I, I agree with it to some extent, but it would have it would have helped balance it a little bit better. It would have given the district a little bit more something to 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 compete with. You know you know mm-hmm. now yeah now you're here talking about standing Westwood or Fort St. Lucie, who both of them only have two wins combined, and you're telling them they're going to be one of them's going to be playoff bound. <laughs> Please, that's just, yeah. This is why. This is why. And the other thing about that is, had you moved Palm Bay, you allow another team out of uh, District 14, 5A, to 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 get into the playoff race. That's that's a better team than anything in in 15. Oh yeah, that would have that would have helped it. But you know, and this is what you know. This is why the FHA had to come up with the new playoff format we're going to next year because we cannot just we can't just keep going down this road of. Okay, we're going to let a one-win team into the playoffs. You know, somebody. You know, this is you know really to be honest with you, the district, the district 15 team that's runner-up should hand that playoff spot. Should hand that playoff spot to the third-place team coming sixty. <laughs> Seriously, come on. Yeah, <laughs> Seriously, bad on. chance on that but one, but that's probably I know that. what should happen. Yeah, not gonna yeah, happen. Yeah. Not gonna happen. And it, because I could see Cardinal Gibbons beating Hallandale tonight, and you know, and then and then and you got then y'all have to take care of Hallandale basically that would mm-hmm. eliminate them out of the playoffs. But I, I mean, at the same time, it's just it, you know, I would rather give the spot to Hallandale. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, really. You know what I mean? Given given what you've been I, able to pull together. Well, we got a little bit of time here, but the final thing I want to talk to you about is is Clash Three A, and down here in this southern uh, southern part of things. American Heritage Del Rey, they get beat by Cardinal Newman last week. What's going on at Del Rey? Is it finally um, you've you've broken down because of the whole Oxbridge thing? What's happened at that at that proud program? Uh, Oh man, I I I have I'm disappointed for one thing because I thought they would win the district. Considering okay, you know, and looked at everything, you know, given everything, the situation's going on. I thought, okay, well, Oxbridge had a rough and tumble summer. Yeah, okay, maybe runner-up might be a better position for him. American Heritage would win the district. And I'm sitting here thinking, what in the heck has happened? One win? That's it? <laughs> Give me a break. It's like, and, and, I, and Oxbridge has been much more impressive. I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ding them. I'm not gonna ding them for that IMG loss. That's just, that, that, that's a, that's a big right. separator between it's a, a JUCO team as we described them last week. <laughs> more like more like a Division One AA team. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, no I mean, one's I, gonna get mad at you I, for losing to IMG late in the season. No, no, and, and I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not gonna give, and I'm not gonna ding Trinity Christian this week tonight if if they lose to IMG, which I I totally expect is going to happen. So don't, I mean, sure. it's just, you know, and that's a, that's a thing. But I mean, I, I'm still just trying to figure out how. What has just happened? You know, you go from state runner-ups to being out of the playoffs. I mean, 
I, I, that's a little yeah, crazy. I was seeing Miami Central goes from state champion to being out of playoffs. It's just it, it's it it's crazy. You, you would never think of that. But it's happening. been uglier. It's, it's been uglier for Delray than, than a Miami Central. Oh, yeah. I mean, Miami Central is right there in it. I mean, and they're in an extremely tough district. But Delray's just broken broken down. So are we just pretty much headed for a, a Chaminade-Oxbridge matchup uh, in round two? Oh, yeah. I think you definitely are headed for that. Right? That You're definitely headed for that. You know, that's definitely going to happen. And then whoever wins that game is going to have to face Clearwater Central. <laughs> Clearwater Central Catholic, most likely. So, There's yeah, that. and they've just been so dominant for years now uh, in their area of town over there that you just pretty much realize that whatever you do, getting out of here, you're going to have to face Clearwater Central Catholic. Well, listen, the final thing as we do every week is upset alert. I love seeing that when I go through your Twitter timeline. Um, give give us an upset alert. We might need to be watching out for tonight. An upset alert, man. You know, I, I would, I, I would definitely like. You know, I wish I wish I told you last week that Manatee would have been upset alert. <laughs> that <laughs> I didn't think would happen, but it happened. Me and uh, I just, I mean, well, we, we 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 could probably put that board Anderson game on upset alert if if it, if it, if things go their way. I mean, uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, that wouldn't right that be there. so? I mean, wouldn't that be so? I'm, I would say definitely put the Norland Northwestern game if, if Norland somehow comes out and. You know, puts Northwestern on their on their heels. Yeah, you might see the upset alert start that, coming on that. You one, know, so. listen, that would be cr- that would be crazy, um, but not that crazy considering just how emotional a win that was for Northwestern last week. And if they listen, if that staff is not diligent enough in refocusing that guys, yeah, you could go lose to Norland. And uh, man, wouldn't that be just absolutely crazy? Both of those results would be nuts because I think. I think things go crazy at St. Thomas if they lose a third game this season and happen to lose to Boyd Anderson. Let's face it, a school that's close to St. Thomas where well, you've probably pulled in some athletes over the years. And then, you know, a Norland over Northwestern thing, given what happened last week at Traz, uh, all the emotions surrounding that would be absolutely amazing if that happened. Oh, yeah, and that's why. And, 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 I'll, put, and, I'll, and I'll put this, you know, in, in their perspe- you know, in this perspective, you know, if, you know, you know with, with Northwestern and stuff, if Northwestern doesn't get focused, then, yeah, you're going to hand it. You're, you're going to give Miami Central a chance to be right back in it. And, you know, How about that? Northwestern, you know, you're, you're going to give Miami Central a chance to be right back in it when you don't want them back in it. That's, you know, you've got to think of the mindset. You don't yeah, want them you back wanna, in it. You want to kill – you want to slay that dragon. Um <laughs> And you yeah, figured you did that last week when you got the win, but now you got to win again to completely kill them. You got, you, yeah, you got to slay, you got to slay the dragon just one more time. You got, you got to go at it one more, one more, one more gut punch, basically. Yeah, yeah, and it comes against a team who can is very capable of beating you in, in Miami, New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, considering that, considering you know, you know, it's interesting. We would, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about the potential that they could still be back in it. If Norland had pulled off the upset on Central, they would have gone 0 3 in the district and would have been totally out. Yeah, you know, and a very close football game, close by the happening. way. Yeah, so exactly. it's, it, it's interesting. But, but I'll tell you what, it's, you know, some of the stuff, you know, there's a reason why this new playoff the format's going to come. Actually, I may start looking at some of the um, who's, who's what and where because what would it be like under the points now, given the point structure? And looking at it, and you know, saying, okay, well, you know, okay, here's here's the teams, you know, the potential chance of doing that because 
you know, any team almost any team that at least has five wins is definitely going. I'm going to encourage you. Know. I'm going to encourage you, Josh, to do that since you have about as good a working knowledge of what that new format is like. Is to just kind of, if you could put together an article like that and put it out there and let people know under the format that's going to exist. What would have happened this year? Because we've got a lot of intriguing storylines within the districts. Um, and when you think about what's going on in that 6A district, um, what would have happened if we were under that new format this year? Who would have been in? Who would have been out? That, that's something I would certainly be interested in taking a look at. Yeah, because considering if Miami Central's out, you know, this is, but, you know, having that new playoff format, you know, they necessarily might not be out because they could probably get a wild card spot, you know, maybe as a, you know, a, 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 probably a, probably a between them, maybe a, maybe a, like a number six, seven, or eight wild card spot, depending on where the numbers fell, you know. So Which that, would then involve them getting some revenge on some teams that beat them early in the season, correct? All that that's that's a potential, and see, you know, and, you know, and I brought this up to people. Uh, some people were like, you know, thinking. I think I don't know if I brought it up to you, but you know, think about this next. Think about this next year. North, like, okay, the potential chance of Miami Northwestern having to go to mainland the first round, or Miami Central having to go to mainland the first round. That could happen. It literally could happen, and I think that's. Well, I think that draws the excitement because you can you you. You know that you, you could have a Miami, you could have a Miami team versus Mainland in the first round, or maybe potentially the first two rounds. That would draw. That yeah. would draw incredible dates. Exciting stuff. No, definitely exciting stuff. We, you know, we need to. Not that it's not exciting. We could do with a little more excitement in high school football down here. Well, listen, man. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we never have enough time to hit it all here on the show, but I feel pretty good. We hit some good stuff in here, and there's some great games going down tonight. Can't wait to talk to you next week about them, man. Josh, I appreciate you joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. I appreciate it, Chad. Have a good one. Thanks. Enjoy the games tonight. That's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Uh, also a great follow on, on Twitter. you got to do that, F-L-A-H-S Football on Twitter. Uh, get all the scores tonight following that timeline, including the upset alerts, which there's going to be an upset tonight. There's going to be more than one upset to, uh, tonight. So get yourself ready for that, and when it comes down, um, you can follow those guys, and they'll have it there for you. All right, well, listen, um, we've uh, – We've, I've done my dollar, as the kids like to say down here. It's another great edition of uh, the Football Friday on the Gridiron Stud Show. I uh, certainly appreciate you all listening to me here as uh, I flew solo, which I am um, perfectly okay of doing. Uh, much more fun, the Football Friday edition, when I have Aim along with me. But, again, uh, there's a birth in the family for him, so I want to congratulate him on that. Um, and a happy, healthy child born into the Calamino family. So he's out doing uh, his thing with that. But you have his picks. His picks are in. My picks are in. I hope you enjoyed the Fantasy Football Focus stuff sponsored by FanDuel. Uh, We talked college football. We talked NFL football. We talked high school football. So that makes a complete Football Friday show. Unless we start talking about flag football around here. At some point, I guess i got to start working youth football into this thing. Youth football, huge down here in South Florida. I mean really big, like fighting big down here so uh you know stay tuned for that gonna start working some youth football into this whole uh talk show stuff that we're doing here and then uh stay tuned coming up really really soon the gridiron stud show is going to be daily daily here so not just monday and friday going to start getting the gridiron stud show on a daily basis new and improved we're looking to make this a really big big deal here 
for you. But uh, again, I thank you for listening. Thank you for making this a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you to my guest, Joshua Wilson, here on a football Friday. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the game Saturday. And enjoy your football weekend here. Thank you very much. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks for listening. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit squidironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Squidironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.